Hi friends, and welcome to the Fullness of Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Matheson. Here at the Fullness of Joy, we talk about hard things in light of the gospel. We encourage our hearts by reminding ourselves of the truth day in and day out. I pray this encourages your heart and that you're challenged to know Christ more deeply as a result. I am so glad you're here. Hey friends, this week's episode is going to be a little different than our previous episodes. As I considered what to share with you all during this holy week leading up to Easter, I was going to do something simple and just read a passage of scripture, allowing it to encourage our hearts and leaving room for reflection, but I just felt this little nudge to share a little more of what has been on my heart for the last week. As I'm sure you know, last Monday, a woman killed three children and three adults at a private Christian school in Nashville. Just saying these words out loud makes me sick to my stomach. As I think about the depth of the loss, the pain, and the grief that families are dealing with, I cannot imagine the heartache that must be plaguing them constantly. I've been heartsick for the last week as I consider the plague of evil in our world and the pain these poor families are experiencing as a result of what looks like a victory for the enemy of our souls. All last week I kept saying to my husband, I can't stop thinking about Nashville. This just hits different. This was a sweet Christian school, and it just goes to show that you're not safe anywhere, and none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. I've held my children a little tighter and prayed a little more desperately, just thanking God for the gifts of their lives. When I consider the evil that led to the awful slaughter of these innocent lives, my heart drops within me, and I'm deeply grieved. How long, Lord? How long will we see the enemy continue to win battles for the minds of our children and young adults? I cannot claim to know the motives of the shooter, but I can tell you that whatever they were, they were dark, evil, and directly inspired by the pit of hell. When we look at the state of our world, most of us are just plain overwhelmed. The facts of this situation are really grim. It was a woman who identified as a male, and she had a sick vendetta to take lives because of her hurt and pain and a deep and dark web of deceit that completely overtook her mind and heart. She very specifically targeted Christians. The people are supposed to be a welcoming beacon of hope for those who are hurting. Blinded and consumed by her hurt and pain, her only way out was to seek to destroy that which could have brought her healing and life. Knowing that she went to the school that day as a former student, ready to kill and destroy whatever came into her path, is bone-chilling to think about. Jesus told us in John 10 that the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy, and this is exactly what we saw last week. Innocence was stolen, people were killed, and happiness was destroyed. I want to consider these sweet children and the incredible adults who came to work that day to care for them and serve them. These children most likely went to school that day with an unassuming attitude, ready for whatever the day would bring. As a former third grade teacher, I have a lot of experience with nine-year-olds, and most of them are silly and fun, and they just want to enjoy themselves, and they interact with each other in the sweetest ways if you catch them at the right moment. But they can also be pretty infuriating as they attempt to gain independence as big kids and They really want your help sometimes, too, which is so cute. And then sometimes they'll relish being treated like little kids that they are. And then these adults who were killed, a custodian, a substitute teacher, the head of school, 
It said that the custodian loved his job and the kids all loved him. The substitute teacher was a woman who loved others well. The head of school had a supernatural gift for working with children and families. All of these men and women gave their lives in service of children. And as I continue to think about this awful tragedy and the horrific roots of demonic evil that led to the deaths of these innocent li- um, of these innocent people, I just can't help but wonder, God, where are you? And how can things like this keep happening? I've been studying Isaiah over the last few weeks, and it has long been a favorite book of mine in the Bible. I just, I've, I've just always been so captured by it, and I'm slowly reading through it and just trying to really pour over the text, and it kind of seemed an unorthodox choice for a Lenten reading plan to prepare for Easter, um, but it's just been such an encouragement to my heart. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but Isaiah is actually considered the fifth gospel. And this is due to the beautiful theme of messianic prophecy that points us to the coming Christ. So Easter, as we know, is a time of celebrating our risen Savior. But before we can get to Sunday, we do have to consider the darkness of Friday. Three days before he rose from the dead triumphantly, Jesus was crucified. And he died a sinner's death on a cross. He bore the shame and guilt of all mankind and He was forsaken by his heavenly father, whipped, beaten, mocked, rejected. And yet he went to the cross with a heart of humble obedience because his entire life's purpose was to show others the love of his father. So the passage that I want to read for us today, as we consider all that's going on in our world, the heartache, the pain and the loss, the tragedy, the disappointments, the discouragements, I want us to read Isaiah 53. This is a prophetic passage that's telling us about the coming Christ. And this was thousands of years before he was born. So you can only imagine the Jews um, who were watching for the Messiah, the beauty that they saw in their coming king when, when he was there. But it says, Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land for the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked, and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. 
Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. That's Isaiah 53. So I want us to consider what this text tells us about Jesus and about us. About Jesus, we learn, well, he wasn't a super handsome guy that everyone would be impressed with. He was despised. He was rejected. He understands grief because he bore our grief. He took it upon himself. The cross brought him great shame. And he took our sins upon us without one complaint. He was buried in a borrowed grave and he was crushed by his father. In the midst of his sacrifice for us, though, verse 6 says that we still want to go our own way. We're just so blinded by our own selfish desires and our pain that we still want to do whatever we want to do. Even when we see the beautiful sacrifice that he's made, we think we know a better way. And yet in verse 12, it says he makes intercession for the transgressors. This is the heart of God. He sent his son to earth to show us who he truly is and then to allow him to intercede for us, pleading that the Father would give us mercy. We cannot make sense of the tragedy in Nashville with our human minds, and we know that God works all things together for good and that he's near to the brokenhearted. That's what his word says, and many of us have experienced this, and so we know it to be true. But we still also don't understand why he allows bad things to happen to those who love him and serve him and walk with him. Romans 5.8 says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for me. Christ died for you. Christ died for murderers. Christ died for victims. Christ died for all. But sadly, not all will receive him. When we look to the model of Christ, we see a life that was poured out literally to the point of death. But we also see victory. Three days later, he rose from the grave. And when he rose from the grave, he defeated death. Death is not the end. Those of us who are in Christ are already living an eternal life with him, and death will only transfer us from this world to his in heaven. So friend, as you prepare for Easter this weekend, don't rush to the celebration and victory. Remember the grief and the sorrow of our suffering Savior. And after you've considered his priceless and matchless gift to us, thank him for the life he's given us through his precious son. I'll talk to you next week. Before you go, let me mention a little something to you. I love to speak at women's events because I get to actually see your beautiful faces in person. I can give you a hug and laugh and pray with you, maybe even cry with you. And it's all so much fun. I do local events, but I've also traveled as far as Montana, which was quite the adventure for this Southern girl. But if you're looking for a speaker for your next event, I would love the opportunity to partner with you. You can complete the form on my website. The link is in the show notes. Friend, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this show. I created it to share the truth of God's word with those near and far. I pray it's been a blessing to you. If you enjoyed listening to the show, please leave a review wherever you're listening and share it with a friend. That will help more people find it and help more people find the fullness of joy. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day.